Spectacular. I am your special host, Space Orphan 18, and today with me I have returning Carol Jane and C. Kerouac, and we are going to discuss the very extraordinary Merry Christmas. Hi guys! It is extraordinary. Hello. Extraordinary. <laughs> this this is one of the most fun. I mean, because in our holiday episode we kind of talked about the. Um, Christmas episodes not being the the greatest, but this one's fun. I think this one's fun. This one was the best of the Christmas episodes because of the episode within the episode. It has one of my all-time favorite Glee things that they did, which is, of course, the Glee Holiday Spectacular. The Glee Holiday Spectacular. You gotta love when Glee goes really cracky and out there and this this definitely definitely does it now i i personally like glee actually better ah, but just because i think that's another brand of cracky but this one this one's good i like it so we open with a christmas song led by mercedes she's actually singing one of my favorite christmas songs ever and it's mariah carey's all i want for christmas is you and she kills it well one thing I noticed, uh, I, I didn't realize this before, but, like, while I was watching this scene, I saw uh, that the director of this episode is Matt Morrison. Yes. We can blame him. We can blame Will for the box scene being missing. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I was joking. Blame the editors. We can't blame everything on Will Schuster. I'm kidding. Well, no, because Matthew Morrison is not Will Schuster. He plays him, but Matthew Morrison is a cool guy. No, he really is. He, and he he's very, uh, just as a side tangent, he is a very talented person, and I'm sorry that he got straddled with this really awful character. So. <laughs> yeah, but he got paid. That's true. I mean, this is his directing. This is, like, a really good episode. Like, the it's... It's well-directed, I guess, I'll say. So, kudos to Morrison. <laughs> so, you have the kids all floating around, and um, you don't really see much Kurt or Blaine in here. Kurt has a, like, a cane, and he's doing this dorky little dance thing in the background at one point. Yeah, it's like the, the, um, um, the frog from C uh, WB. 
Yes. Hello, my dolly. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my ragtime gal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cute. (laughs) And Blaine's cute. I don't know. They're not really doing much in the scene. But, you know. It's a good song. It's a delightful song. And it ends Um, in a Finchel kiss because Finchel. (laughs) (laughs) And then the Glee has a little Santa hat and it's so cute. Yeah. Okay. And Mercedes kills her son. She's awesome. We do have a part. This is a little beat, and it cracks me up so much. Um, a lot of this plot, because this episode doesn't have a whole lot of plot, um, part of this plot is the Finchel, the infamous, you know, Rachel's Jewish, but she still wants Christmas presents, and get, she's given Finn a list of things that she wants for Christmas. Or maybe not yet, but uh, she does, Finn doesn't know what to get her. So he's asking all the guys about what he's going to get her. <laughs> and just, I mean, all of the responses and Blaine says socks. And. No, Archie says socks and Blaine says, I agree with Artie. Artie on the socks and, and Kurt's listening in. And, and Kurt's <laughs> listening in. And the cutest thing is when. Um, what does she say? I. I um, when Rachel confronts him later, who t- who says it? Because who told you, Kurt? And then he says yes. And then Rachel says, "Was Rachel?" I was like, "No." Yeah, but uh, like Rachel's like, I heard disturbing things about like what you getting. And then Finn goes, "Who told and you, Kurt?" Trying. And she's like, "No." And he walks by and says, "Yes." And walks away. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's great. It's cute. And yeah, it's only for like five seconds. So I love when uh, Chris gets those five second like little things, little beats where he gets to be cute and funny. He makes the most of whatever scream time he gets, whether it's, you know, 30 minutes or three minutes. Yep. I love that he's in the boys locker room putting on a face mask. Well, hydration is important. It is. But it's like a full, like thick white face mask and we'll get to Justin Timberlake in a second about that <laughs> but it, it is canon before this that you know he takes care, very good care of his skin yeah they have the slothing skin slothing routine and they do we talked <laughs> about that RB don't you remember this we did oh we did <laughs> um, it's just one of the many things that they do together before bed many things they sloth together they do they just want to make sure that they get their hands all over the skin make sure that it's uh properly properly moist okay well now that we're talking about moist things you really you really gotta massage it in make sure that you work it into the skin make sure that your fingers are going up and down and up and down just Making sure that you get uh, Carly. Have you done an, a podcast with RB yet? No, I haven't. Okay, I just listened, <laughs> I just listened to um, the pink bulging ball sack like bulging the other day <laughs> at work. <laughs> oh god, you listen to it at work? <laughs> I apologize, but I'm not sorry for it. So that's why I listen to podcasts while I'm coding. I'm like. <laughs> Well, she's ridiculous, and I love her. And for some reason, keep asking her back. 
Um, <laughs> we all have our special talents. <laughs> all right, so we're in this um, we're in this scene with Sue. I always forget this is part of the story. Um, and she's in the she's got she's dragged in Artie, Kurt, and Blaine. I'm not entirely sure why those three, but she's dragged them in there. You don't care, but it has one of my favorite lines, calling him Young Burt Reynolds. And he just looks so proud about it. He's like, well, yeah, yeah, I am. Like, this is like what the second encounter that Blaine has had with Sue, the first being in Sexy. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I don't think he really understands her yet. I don't think anybody you ever see, really understands Sue, but I know what you mean. I kind, of, I kind of feel like for a lot of it, Blaine considers like, Sue and the rest of McKinley the same way that we consider Dalton, that it's a magical world that doesn't really make sense. And so he just kind of goes along with it. Like, of, of course, the cheerleading coach is insane. Why wouldn't it? Just like we go, of course, Dalton is gay Hogwarts. Why would, of course, they don't have any teachers. Why would they? <laughs> The rest of them seem to, like, dismiss Sue because she's insane, Sue. but he, like, tends to, like, he, he respect for her and, like, plays along. She also I mean, gives him touches of validation, which we all know that Blaine both needs and wants validate, outside validation. I will say yes uh, until, until the breakup, and then she's not very nice to him. <laughs> But, but I mean, still in that, like with with feud and um, and then uh, later uh, shoot shooting uh, the one after shooting star, sweet dreams. Yeah, like they have a weird like relationship. Like it's not as deep as um as Kurt and Sue, which is a. A strange thing that popped up out of nowhere. Well, no, it didn't actually. It actually didn't. Like, okay, this because I've been doing this for who knows how long and watching the Sue stuff. It actually kind of started back in Power of Madonna when, um, when Kurt and Mercedes make over Sue. Ever since that point, she's had a soft spot for Kurt. Yeah. Um, and her. I don't know. She she seems to like. He seems to respect her, which she doesn't get from a lot of people, because she's batshit crazy. <laughs> but he he seems to like respect her in a way like even like Becky doesn't. Be- Becky has a different relationship of respect where she's like a, a you know co conspirator. He, like, has a respect for her in a different way. Like, I don't know. It's uh, it's hard to describe, but, like, this is still just his second, like, encounter with her. And he is, he's just not sure what to do. Like, the whole time he has this, like, really bemused look on his face. And um, when uh, when she brings up the, the thing about... Um, when she she explains the the plan to have them come and sing at the homeless shelter, um, Blaine like smiles and nods like, oh, of course, like he's like sure that the other two will say, of course we'll do this. Where um, Kurt and Artie go into like, what are you doing? What what's 
what's your plan here? What's your end game here? Because we know you. And they say, like, bring up last year you were horrible and and dressed Becky up as a reindeer and um and Kurt uh, or Blaine doesn't really know this. I mean, he might have heard stories, but like he probably you're overreacting kind of idea. Like well, he, I, he doesn't believe the stories. Like, I, think that, I think that Blaine does that with a lot of people. He doesn't automatically jump to ulterior motives. You know, he tends to he tends to take people as being glass half full and you are, you know, way down deep a good person. I'm not going to think the worst of you until you do it. Um, so when Sue is talking about these grand plans, everyone else is like, well, why are you really doing this? And he's like, well, this sounds nice because he he just expects the best in people. And it's one That's of the qualities true. that I really enjoy about him. Yeah, it's not and cheated, he's like kind of smiles when like people insult him. And, <laughs> um, and you know the interesting thing is this scene actually goes a little bit for sincere at the end. It's really just her explaining their reasoning for writing it is that she lost her sister and she's feeling compassionate. And and it's really not said with any kind of comedic beat, it's it's sincere. Um, but this is the like B plot of the story, um, which like again, I, I tend to forget that there's anything else going on in this. Yeah, I, you know, I don't even like I don't even pay attention to what she's saying because like the most memorable person in that whole like scene is Blaine watching Blaine's reactions to her. Oh, see, I like Sue in the scene, but I generally like Sue. I like the character of Sue, and I think that she's funny and wrong and terrifying, and I I just, I enjoy Sue scenes. But, like, his reaction to young Burt Reynolds, like, it's just adorable. Well, you can tell he was expecting an insult, because she insults Artie and, and Kurt, and... And she gives him a, a young Burt Reynolds. So he's like, oh, that, that's nice. Thank you. He's like, I'll take well, it. Well, maybe he, like, it, it's the same with, like, uh, in, in, yeah, Sweet Dreams, he, she calls him, uh, says that he, uh, she thought he was an Israeli. A butcher Israeli girl. And, like, he seemed like, yeah, cool. <laughs> oh, that's how you see me. Okay. Um, so going on to the next scene um, is, uh, God, this is so depressing. Uh, it's the Rory stuff. And he's homesick for his home in Ireland. Um, before that. Huh? I keep forgetting he's a character. Yeah. They kind of drop him after this, this particular episode. Um, but... Before that, they're all coming in, and Tina's talking about how, I can't remember if this is before or after the song, but um, Tina at one point mentions that last year's Christmas sucked because they got shoes thrown at them, and everybody just, they lost, or Sue stole all the gifts, <coughs> and the look on Kurt's face was like, it's not that bad, because he was over at Dalton singing 30 duets with yeah. his boyfriend. Yeah, one of her things why it sucked last year was because Kurt was at another school, and Kurt's reaction was like, it was either, it was somewhere between, eh, it wasn't so bad, like, probably thinking of duetting 
baby, it's cold outside. Uh, and the heavy flirting that went into that. Or, you know, or else he was thinking, like, true, it must have sucked without me here. Looks <laughs> to be there. I do have to say, them getting shoes thrown at them last year was one of, is w- another one of my favorite Glee moments ever. They literally <laughs> got shoes thrown at them. <laughs> I think that happened right, no. Um, I was going to say it happened after, well, years after, uh, like, the bush getting a shoe thrown at him. Oh, is that what that's actually? <laughs> that's what I thought of when it happened. Like, I mean, that's, that's what I thought of, too. That. I'm sure it was. <laughs> um, can I just say that Kurt looks super cute in the outfit he's in in this with the little headband? It is a cute outfit. He has all the, like, he, he wears all the ugly Christmas patterns and stuff, but he pulls it off in a Kurt way. Yeah, like we were talking last episode, the last podcast about interesting fashion choices for Kurt this season. The hats. The hats and the, like, going from, like, crazy, crazy outfits to fairly, like, tailored and masculine looking. Um, As if season three was really trying to figure out what kind of style they wanted to keep Kurt in and kept bouncing back and forth. Um, This scene also has a kind of a married claim moment. Um... Where Rory wants to dedicate his song to the king. And Kurt's like, Jesus? And Blaine's like, no. No. (laughs) Kurt looks so unimpressed by this song. Like, he gives Blaine side-eye during it when Blaine's ooing along. And then at the end, he kind of gives this look like, well, that happened. (laughs) The song is kind of depressing. I mean, it's Blue Christmas, which was Elvis Presley. And, I mean, Rory sounds fine. I've never had a problem with Rory's singing voice. I just, he's just one of the dullest characters they've ever had on the show. He's just there. It's not like he does anything memorable. He's just there. I really, I, I like the running gag that they couldn't understand a thing he said. I wish they played that up more. Or that, like, Damien could play that up more, but he wasn't really a good actor. No, he's not. He's utterly, so, utterly forgettable. Yeah. And, and I mean, he hasn't been in anything since, has he? I mean... I don't know. Not that I... He was just... He was in a band, and then he came over for the Glee project. Like, I think his band was somewhat successful in Ireland. Hmm. Huh. I don't know. I don't know anything about him. All right. So, because uh, <laughs> um, I have this on caption and I'm kind of like watching through this scene. Um, basically, this is where Will comes in with the uh, news that the locals, local community station, local cable access, local yeah. cable access has canceled their annual Yule log burning. <laughs> Yeah, I think they said it was PBS later. Okay. But the Yule log burning yeah. has been yeah. canceled. I'm just like... Puck was so upset about that. I'm sorry. PBS would not be nearly as desperate to get a high school glee club <laughs> to get their stuff on. Well, they're... Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it's local. But then it says they can't afford the licensing fee of a Yule log burning. It just... Corrects me up. But anyway, that means that they have um, 
they have uh, an opening to do a Christmas special. And Will is going to say, or Will says, okay. And then he says, Artie is in charge to direct it. I mean, there we go. Let's let a 16-year-old we'll take this, the helm of this little project here. You know, I've seen worse on cable access, so he can knock himself out with it. Plus, I mean... He did a good job. Pretty good. <laughs> it skirts the line of copyright infringement. It's entertaining <laughs> and festive and... And, and the uh, TV um, director guy is happy to have his own t- Tiny Tim to as a director. Exactly. Right. That's because he has that awkward like, conversation about, um, <laughs> like, because Artie's like, well, but Tiny Tim gets up and walks around and when, at the end of the play or whatever. And he, the guy's like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Artie's like, I'm going to ignore you because I've said that. <laughs> One thing I have to say, the reason I enjoy, one of the reasons that I enjoy this episode so much is that I feel like it harkens back to the first season with some of the kind of mean and cutting jokes um, and being a little sharper than uh, a lot of the other episodes from three on. So I I just love this episode. Yeah, was it you and I or was it the first episode? We talked a little bit about... um, Early, early on in the season, we are it's still early, really, but um, we talked about how the tone of the show changes a bit in season three, and everything gets oh, a it bit does. more cartoonish. Um, it does, and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, because I, I do think it gets a little bit crackier and a little bit sharper as we get into seasons four, five, and six. It goes back to kind of the season one roots, but. Um, here's kind of the brightest, but yeah, I think this episode, I think one reason it stands out is that it does kind of go back a little bit to some of its, at least season two-ish, you know, feel to it. Well, I think it's it's one of the reasons why when people answer and talk about what their favorite seasons are is that there's a pretty sharp dichotomy between people who really like the later seasons more and people who like the earlier seasons more because they're two drastically different tones. But see, that's kind of, you almost want to, it's kind of weird because we were talking about the contrast between seasons one and two versus three. And then I think four, five, and six have their own tone. So three kind of just stands out. Well, I, think. I, thought, I think one and two are very different. That too. I mean, they are. But, I think when, but every when you season compare them really... to like four, five, and six, I think that one and two have more similarities. I agree. Than they do with the later seasons. I just wouldn't stick three in there. That's all. No, I wouldn't stick three in there. Okay. So, all right. So anyway, going on with the yeah. with the show. Oh, did you have some? Sorry. Well, I I think one reason why this is a it it doesn't always succeed when they have a an episode that is so lacking of plot, but like this, this episode really succeeded because there is no plot that like, well, there's like, I guess a tiny plot cause it has to move, but like, it's all contained in this episode that nothing affects anything that happens after it. Like, it's not really referred to again, like... Well, it's very much a standalone episode, and and kind of jumping off of what you're saying, this episode has an idea, and it uses the entire ensemble to create that idea. They wanted to do this, this 
um, this old timey, you know, throwback retro Christmas special, which we'll get into details in, in, in a little bit. But um, and because of that, and even the Finchel stuff is is kind of the B plot of it, but it's just so minor that it really doesn't even count. Um, because all of the ensemble is in on this big giant plot, it works, and they're able to really balance everybody. Everybody gets a portion of the Christmas spectacular and everybody gets something to do and everybody doing this one thing, whether there's actual action or not, um, makes it more enjoyable. Well, I also think that we as television viewers don't have a great expectation that holiday episodes are supposed to be super important to an overarching plot line. I think that there are a lot of TV shows that use holiday episodes as kind of their own little bottle episodes whether it's a whether it's a true bottle episode and they're in one spot or whether it's a self-contained plot it's something that we that we expect for a uh over a lot of tv and so when we have something like this that doesn't have a lot of overarching plot we don't think as negatively about it as we would say you know one that's a third episode of the season or something that's closer to the end. We have different expectations for holiday episodes, especially for winter holiday episodes. So kind of going on with the story that we get Rachel singing her very depressing Christmas song. Um, I don't remember if she has a reason for singing this or not, but she is trying to also get the lead in Artie spectacular. And he basically tells her to stop being so depressing. You know what? Like she had just, said to um to Rory that he was too depressing that Christmas is about joy and like all of that and then she goes and sings a song I'm like oh my god Rachel so I'm gonna I'm gonna share with you because I have it on captions I'm gonna share with you Artie's little vision <clears throat> we begin in the Swiss yeah. Alps in the village of Kistad in the perfectly appointed living room of Kurt Hummel and Blaine Anderson's cheek wink chalet, the tree towering and opulent, the fireplace drapes and garlands, the stockings bejeweled, Kurt and Blaine, the perfect hosts have invited their friends to drop in for an evening of Noel Coward-esque banter and fun and happy cheer-filled songs. And then Rachel, are you telling me I'm not invited to Kurt and Blaine's for Christmas? <laughs> I mean, oh, I love that little speech by Artie. <laughs> it's a good it's a good one. Yeah, and, and Kurt and, and Blaine look so excited for their little uh chic chalet and gestad. <laughs> Who wouldn't be excited for their chic chalet and gestad? How are you guys saying that without messing it up? I'm I, <laughs> <laughs> Should we just repeat Gestad? No. Same way that we repeat bulging pink fun sack? I mean, we can definitely do that. I was The Chic Chalet is what I was getting messed up off, but... Chic Chalet, Chic Chalet, Chic Chalet. Chic Chalet. But anyway, so Artie, yeah, Artie tells me, I love, I just love, you're telling me I'm not invited to Curtain Blades for Christmas? Not unless you pick a happier song. <laughs> In her face when she does it, like... Uh, sometimes Leah Michelle, like when she when she like does the border comedic acting, like more than the dramatic. I really like that. Like, have you watched uh, Scream Queens at all? No. She, she nails 
she nails it sometimes in that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. This is just a comment I'm going to say, and I may edit this out if this goes to a weird place. Um, we then get the weird thing about this episode with the Finchel stuff is that it's strangely in hindsight. I, I'm trying to think of the right word for it. Basically, you know, they have all this stuff and, and he bought her a pig and she gets all upset. And at the end of it, he says, I get you a star so that, you know, whenever you look up at night, you can see me. And yeah, it's so depressing. It's really like, what it, omnipresent is that the word for when you you know like are talking about like foreseeing the future before it actually happens um, i mean I, I i feel like when it was airing it was not taken the same way that it is later on based on what happens in the future to i'm not saying the actor in no. the storyline i kind of wish they had like mentioned the star once or twice later on i mean she looks up into the sky at the end of um uh singing pompeii at the end of season five which i always like thought of her looking up at the star Mm -hmm. well it's definitely Um, not to to fit but yeah, it definitely is. But, like, I wish they had just mentioned the star, like, that her saying, like, sometimes I go out and just look into the sky at night or, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, I just, the, it's the only thing I, I really, really wanted it, to mention about the Finchel stuff. The sweetest thing. Like, I remember at the time even, like, thinking it was the sweetest idea that she's already a star, so he, he gets her a star with his name. It's a, it's a sweet idea, and then like after, after he dies, it's just, it's heartbreaking. Like watching this episode after, um, like in hindsight, it's, it's sad. It's sad. It's a little. I kind of find it a little eerie too, because, I mean, that is definitely not what the story was trying to do, but, yeah. But anyway, um, so we get in. It was really sweet. Except for him getting her a a pig when she's a Jewish vegan. (laughs) Oh, Finchel. You delightfully (laughs) weirdo couple. Okay. Um, So the next episode, next episode. Gosh, I always do that. The next scene that we get is the extraordinary Merry Christmas scene where... Uh, we get Rachel and Blaine looking like brother and sister um, singing Extraordinary Merry Christmas, which I know a lot of people don't like, but I find this song adorable and I enjoy it. I think I think uh, Blaine and Rachel and Spice and Shandere and Chris and uh, Leah Michelle are so good at performing with each other. Like, they're, they're just really, really cute. They, their voices go well together. I think we only get um, let's see, we have this song, Don't You Want Me, Baby. Um, Broadway Baby. Girls Don't Cry. What else? Broadway, oh, Baby. Broadway Baby. So we have, like, four songs that they sing together, even though they, compl- like, the joke is uh, Blaine and Rachel sing all the songs together. Like, they don't actually sing together very often, but 
they're they're good performers together because they're both like they're similar performers, I guess. Like the male and female versions of each other. I'm ambivalent on this song. I mean, I don't think it's terrible. I don't think it's great. It's certainly not one that I ever choose to re-listen to, but you know, it's not well, bad. Yeah, I don't the song itself by it, you know. Is it is it an original song? It is an original yeah, song. Yes. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I don't exactly like the song itself, but I like their performance. I I will enjoy it. I I'm not a huge Christmas music fan, so the fact that this is, you know, has a happy beat to it and uh, you know, I don't know. It just it's kind of fun. But the performance I do think is a lot stronger than just listening to the the song itself. Um, because Blaine and Rachel are just absolutely adorable. And a shout out to a very tiny little clay moment when um, Blaine sings, hold, you, hold me tight and kiss me slow underneath the mistletoe or whatever it is. And, he, and it pans to Kurt and they share this little moment. It's so cute. Oh, see, I am completely opposite of you with Christmas music because I bathe myself in Christmas music <laughs> from basically Thanksgiving to whenever it turns off. So whether that station turns off on the 26th or whether it goes like halfway through January, I mean, I, I roll, I swim in it like Scrooge McDuck swims in money. I love, I love Christmas music. I, I really like the classics and there's some, some songs that I just get addicted to. Like there's this one song later in the episode. I'll, I'll tell you when it comes that I just love. Um, Christmas song and um and I love the Bing Crosby. I have that that record that I play every year. And um, thinking about music, <laughs> one thing that this this does step up the game. I mean, I know we all we talked at length about maybe it's cold outside last year, but this particular episode has just across the board really really great Christmas music. I think yeah, it does. And it's so true. And um. Yeah, it, but there are so many, like, so many different singers and just um, great uh, writers. They try to create the new Christmas standard. And, like, there's so many Christmas songs every year that, that come in that are crappy and, like, I can't stand. Um, so... So it's hard for me to accept new Christmas songs. Oh, see, I love new Christmas songs. Give me standards. Give me new ones. Love them all. Like I said, Scrooge McDuck and money. <laughs> well, I like this one probably better than you guys do. So I'll just, I'll, I'll, yeah. But I mean, like I said, it's Rachel and Blaine. Rachel and Blaine hamming it up. I mean, they're just really being cutesy together and uh, are really good at playing off each other. And then everybody gets in it and they're all cute and it's cute. And then Artie's like perfect and Rachel feels validated. So just in time for Scrooge McSue to come in. And, yeah, and then it's just like, <laughs> and then, I love Rachel's comment. Like she says, as long as they don't upstage us. And then Blaine is like, yeah, as long as they don't upstage us. <laughs> like he's, he's, like half kidding but half not because that's how Blaine is he's like no seriously I'm awesome I, I'm a great performer and all that 
but like you know i i'm i'm modest not but yes but not all right so before we get into this i have to i think we should give some context for those of viewers listeners who may be younger or may not know about it this is kind of a merging of two different christmas specials one of them is the 1970 something Christmas special, Star Wars Christmas special, which I've actually, I dug out. I found it. It is, I did. I don't know how I found it. I can't even tell you how I did it, but I've seen it. And it is as bad as everybody thinks it is. Oh my God. It is horrible. It's not not bad. It's just pre-good. What what does pre-good mean? You know, it's, it's at the point like, it's before it gets to good. It's it's the positive way of saying bad. Oh. <laughs> the other one is, is, I believe, a Judy Garland Christmas special in the 60s? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I found that on YouTube and I watched it. And it's, it's really fun to watch because there are, like, things they actually pull from it, like the way they act. Like, Rachel does does the same thing Liza Minnelli does when she walks in and is like, oh, it's a TV camera. I'm going to suddenly act like really awkward. And I wasn't around at this time when these were coming out, but the Christmas special kind of thing was something that happened more often on television. Just the random collection of, you know, variety shows were a bigger thing. And like people would have a show and they would sing songs and they'd invite famous people on it and, and sing songs and do things like that. And that's all the show was. And well, I mean, and, and actually that sort of thing is coming back. Um, for the past couple of years, you've had like the Michael Buble variety special that comes on NBC every year. Um, what is this like the second or third year that they did it? Um, it's, it's definitely something that they're trying to bring back because it's nostalgic and cheesy and easy to produce and a cheap way to fill some time once things are on break. I do want to say, oh, go ahead. There was an Elvis Costello Christmas special, like variety. Probably. But like, it was an Elvis Costello, but he wasn't there in most of it until the end. Like, I, <laughs> I don't remember exactly. I just remember something about Elvis Costello. I The other thing that I think is clever, in a way, um, we've talked quite a bit about this, um, is the censorship of season three. There's definitely... That more than any of the other seasons, there was definitely censorship in season three. We can all argue about what was going on exactly, but I think that the fact that they have Kurt and Blaine as holiday roommates, best friends and holiday <laughs> roommates, and having and it a throwback. Chile. Yep, Bachelor Chile. Having it a throwback to a time period when you know, nobody talked about the sexuality of the actors and all the guys were like closeted. It's, I I just think it's amusing that they, it's, it's like a little nod to like, Hey, look, it's just, you know, best friends and, and holiday roommates. It's it's not even a nod. It's a giant neon blinking sign. It's a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Okay. So I, we get the beginning of our, our, we are now into um, our our Christmas special, and in a long time ago, in a chalet far away. Oh my God, Artie! <laughs> 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 the Glee Holiday Spectacular. 
Yeah. And I love everybody's introductions. I mean, okay, so we've got Rachel Berry and Finn Hudson and Noah Puckerman. And Rachel's got that, you know, very showy, like, hi, I'm Rachel Berry, look. And Finn has got this present, and he's so eager. And Puck's like, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got Kurt Hummel and Blake Anderson. And then Kurt's fixing Blaine's tie and being all cute. Um. Well, because that's what any best friend slash bachelor roommates would do. <laughs> we have Mike Chang and Ke- Tina Cohen Chang, no relation. <laughs> uh, featuring Mercedes Jones and Rory Flanagan. That's, it was weird. Like, why did they do featuring Mercedes Jones when I, I don't know? Like, Mike and Tina like weren't really like Tina was part of the Cheerios. And Mike, I just, I just kind of assumed that it was Artie didn't understand what those terms meant, and knowing that all of them use all those sorts of terms, he was going to use every single one that he could. The seventeen-year-old uh, director, right? With special guests Santana Lopez, Brittany Pearson, the Cheerios, and the grin on the, the really cheesy Santana grin cracks me up. <laughs> like, because you can tell she's like, I'm going to just. Take my smile through this. This is ridiculous, but I'll do it. I'm on TV. Yay. It's so funny. And then the best one is, is got to be Artie. The Glee Holiday Spectacular is directed by Artie Abrams. And that weird, like, smile that he's got that's really fake. But he's like, hi. Like, let me mind control you. I don't know. It just cracks me up. <laughs> let me mind control you is my new favorite phrase for this. <laughs> well, that's what it looks like. He, it's just so I'm not fake. I mean, it's so funny. <laughs> I had just never thought of it that way. I am 100% not disagreeing, but it is, it's like opening my mind to new control methods. And then one of my favorite jokes, I don't know why this makes me laugh so hard, but it is one of my favorite things that this show ever does. Tonight's special is brought to you by Breadsticks. Now with more breadsticks. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, you know, I am very disappointed that that meme, the breadsticks meme, came out like after Glee ended. The shove <laughs> breadsticks into your purse. Like, oh my god! If that had come out, that totally would have been a plot point. All right, so action. We get our pan in the window. I mean, I can, Artie is doing such. <laughs> Oh, already in his direction. Um, the fake snow. Oh, yeah, they start out singing um, Let It Snow. Yeah. And the set and and that, like, that camera work is, like, seriously straight out of the Julie Garland. Oh, yeah, Christmas. it's so 60s, it's insane. <laughs> no, like, seriously, like, the set is, like, exactly like the, the Julie, Judy Garland Christmas. Special. Yeah, they, I mean, I'm pretty sure... They really like when they try to mimic things, they go all out. <laughs> I, I love that. Like, Artie has an $800 budget. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure half of the stuff is Kurtz anyway, and Blaine supplied He's the piano. A big snow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all they, of the costumes probably came out of stuff. Kurt's costume closet. The, you know, the set pieces probably all came out of his basement. Oh, my God. Now, see, now I want a fic of Bert and the other guys from the tire shop having to move furniture 
out of Kurt's basement to bring it to set. Yeah. <laughs> and Kurt, like, directing all of this. Like, right. that goes there, that goes there. Yeah. And arguing with Artie. I mean. <laughs> are they, are they, uh, do they have um, April Rhodes money yet? Um, I don't was that, think. Like, yeah, I think that was a, no. I, for the love of everything, I don't remember. I don't remember. And Rumors is when she got the auditorium named after her. Or one of the season two episodes is when she got the auditorium. I feel like the money may be season four because that's not something I remember. Okay. I just am blanking on April Rhodes stuff. I think so. the, the auditorium became the April Rhodes auditorium. That sh- they got like unlimited money to go through, but they only go- went through it. Like they had like huge amounts of money and then they went like through it in two years. Well, that was, yeah, because season five is yeah. when they bring it up that she's broke, but I, man, I don't remember. If any of our like listeners remember and want to stick a mention in the comments about when it became the April Rhodes Auditorium, please do, because I'm blanking on that, to be honest with you. Um, so maybe it came from that money, because they seem to have endless money. Like, Rachel got this, like, set with trees and a fake uh, ice skating rink for her her audition solo earlier and and they said something about like they they blew all of their decorating budget for the the Christmas like at the beginning so like they're not very good at budgets no but also we're gonna I mean Glee Logic it's I just don't even try with a lot of the stuff that's so. true but they, they make fun of themselves like like that where they're like well we blew out all of our budget or like we ran out of money like these millions and millions of dollars april rose gave us ah, we, we ran through it like so okay so we start off with our second claim duet and god i hate to say it this is my least favorite of the three even though i have to say this the what they are doing is not easy. The dancing is really intricate. Um, scat singing, which is the ba ba doo doo ba doo ba is really hard. They both nail it. They both sound great. It's just this song is my least favorite of the three Christmas songs that they sing together. I think it's really cute. I think like the arrangement is really fun and cute, but yeah, it's not their best duet at all. Like it's not their worst, obviously. That's um, candles. But- if you need to be reminded it's, Candles, it's go back and listen to original song They're totally off sync Dancing like. Well, I, you know, and I'm going to give them credit It's something, just because in, in that recent interview That Darren and Chris talked about it And, and we always caught glimpses of this But he kind of um, elaborated on it a little bit more They didn't have very much time to learn it and, yeah. and Chris is not a dancer So the fact that they, they were getting it relatively close is kind of an amazing thing because they would have had just a few hours to really practice that and get it down. And yeah, and like I, I think that was the like it it half of me is like it was really cute that they did it and like it was fun, but half of me is like I wish they had like dumbed it down the dance a little because when you do one of those like tap dance duet things. You you want to be good. You want to be on stage. Like, I thought that that was kind of the point of it because it's supposed to look like a low budget 
production. And I kind of well, assumed, there's that too. I, I kind of assumed that them not being completely in sync was totally in character with the, you know, Rachel's overacting and random people showing up and the the oh, okay. people access ness of the of the show. No, I just I'll take it. It's I'll take that excuse. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like how I, I um, talk about candles sucking because they were too busy making out to practice. So there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. Um, and Blaine has a horrible choice in, in, in songs sometimes. <laughs> when they are the, like, when you're not watching their feet though, the playfulness the two of them have with each other yeah. during the song is just so cute. And they're in sync in that regard. I mean, yeah, the tap yeah. dance you may not be, but they're definitely, definitely two really great performers. This this episode was so good for that playfulness. Like, there, there's a lot of people who complain about how, like, Kurt and Blaine don't even get to, like, look at each other through parts of seri- uh, season three. But, like, in this episode, they... Like even in their background moments, they they get to play off each other, and it's it's just really cute. They look like they're having so much fun, yeah. You know, and I feel like there are a lot of times where it doesn't look like a lot of the characters are having fun. Um, but this is definitely something that looks entertaining, is entertaining to us as audience members. It looks like the characters are having a fun time doing it, and it's just so delightfully lighthearted. That I I could have watched so many more episodes of things like this. Well, you know, and building yeah. off of that, I kind of right. It kind of reminds me when we were talking about maybe it's cold outside, and like they definitely play off each other, but it's in that flirtatious like um, uh, cat and mouse chase game type thing. And this is kind of interesting how you know a year has gone by and they're now together and. Now they're seeing that they are so comfortable with each other in a lot of respects. And it's really kind of interesting to see how it builds off of that baby. It's cold outside thing. Yeah, they are definitely like comfortable with each other and just like they're, they're chasing each other, but more like just for the sake of chasing each other, not for like the cat and mouse, like, they're they're just having fun running all around the set and and doing their dance and and running here and hey I'm going to go over here now okay I also, I'm going to go over here I also personally hope that they banged on a pile of fake snow behind the set um, <laughs> because that's just what I think would be the greatest way to end this delightful holiday spectacular <laughs> they didn't even have anything to do. you just stuck that in there. <laughs> I do like to stick things in there. So, well, you know, the holidays uh, spectacular ran five minutes late because uh, the two main stars were caught, like, in in noodling, uh, having a moment in the backstage. You know, um, they they forgot that they had to have on pants for this holiday spectacular. <laughs> they had to brush this fake snow out of every nook and cranny. They're still finding it weeks later. Oh my god! <laughs> Why don't we save it for the eggnog joke? Um, <laughs> they, they got, yeah, they, they just got in the mood and, and had to take a moment for themselves. They were, they were taken five back by craft services. It's all good. Anyway, 
back to our oh, spectacular. You know, what was <laughs> you know, had to had to uh, 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 burn off some energy before, like before performing. You know, that doesn't make any sense. Performing burns energy. <laughs> It's a it's a chilly, snowy ski chalet. Well, they had they to keep so warm. Excited. They had to get calm into the zone. And they just had to, you know, center themselves. Carly, do you know what you are? They were they were coming to set as quickly as they could. Carly, you're an enabler. <laughs> I love being an enabler. <laughs> anyway. They were coming as quickly as they could. I mean, okay, okay. We we beat the joke to death. <laughs> anyway um what i was gonna say was i kind of even though the black and white is absolutely 100 percent perfect and amazing choice i kind of curious as to see i I would love to know what it looked like in in color i just kind of want to know what kurt's suit looks like in color i'm sure blaine's is kind of a brownish color but i feel like i've seen screen caps where people color it in the same way that they've that people have colored in historical black and white pictures, um, which is darling. And people should link any of them that they know of below because I, I love that aesthetic. We're, um, I'm sure there was some BTS stuff I can try and find. I just, it looks like it's green or something. And I'm like, wow, Kurt in that green suit would be really cool to see, but that's just me. Okay. So we get to the end of the song. And Kurt and Blaine are welcoming in us in to their lovely chalet. And this is where he introduces Blaine as his, um, what is it again? Oh, right. Uh, his holiday roommate. His holiday roommate and best friend. <laughs> anyway. Totally nothing romantic. There's no, no. There's no romance there. They just share one room, though. Right, one but bed. they're they're waiting for the right girls to come along. Oh, yeah. But, like, they can't afford a second bed. Of course not. They have their own twin beds in this one room. It's, it's adorable. They're like Lucy and Ricky. Oh. <laughs> well, isn't this um this is this around the time that Chris started referring to them as Lucy and Ricky? Because he would bring that up a lot. He was he used to say Clayne was a lot like Lucy and Ricky. I don't know. Yeah. I remember that. I think that was later. Like I know he he said that like I don't, I don't remember. I wasn't, yeah, I, I don't know. I, and let's, I mean, oh my God, does Kurt nail that, you know, old timey feel like, oh goodness, it's snowing. I hope they're able to make it to our play tonight or our, our party tonight. And he uses like unnecessary long words, like libations and inclement weather instead of bad weather. Like, yeah. And he, he's Judy Gar- Garland, basically. Yeah. And welcoming the camera guy inside the house. I mean, I don't remember who Judy Garland was with, like in the in the special, because it was a while ago. Or even if she or she might have been alone. But but yeah, he he is basically that same character that she has in in welcoming the camera in and and all that. <laughs> And Blaine offers the audience eggnog. Uh Uh-huh. Of course he does. Because he's a good host. Yes. He he has that, like, aw shucks kind of, like, 50s, I don't know, heartthrob, maybe, like, 
good boy. Like he's very Jimmy Stewart. Like he's yeah, he's good exactly. and he's sweet and he's endearing and he's you know it's it's adorable and I I love it and I think that it's a very uh, easy thing for for Blaine to play. Oh yeah, he says she whiz. I mean that's kind of Blaine anyway, but I know. <laughs> I think he says she whiz, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I love you. Golly gosh, and gumdrop. Very Blainish in this. I mean, he's even he's out Blaining himself in this particular spectacular. <laughs> Do you imagine Cooper finding this? Yes. Ugh. I mean, that would be fine. Whatever. It's not like that's something that I would find find amusing or anything. I, I'm a normal amount interested in Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> don't ever believe anything she says. I'm a, I, I am interested a normal amount in something like that. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. How much? Oh, I, want, I want, like, um, like Christmas... Christmas at the Andersons, and oh, by the way, I have this nice film that I, I think like the whole family should watch. Oh and and Blaine has no idea what he's gonna bring in. Oh my god, that would be amazing because then he'd want to do his own version. <gasps> oh yes, he would like ah, uh, and he would when, be very upset that he wasn't involved in the first one, and he would want to be involved. Yeah, but he would want to be Judy Garland, and that'd be ridiculous. It would be amazing. He would point at everybody. <laughs> yes. But he would be in a All right. So getting back to the episode. Um, sorry. Uh, no, don't be sorry. That sorry. happens every single time. <laughs> You've not, been not doing this podcast. <laughs> Go off on tangents. That's what happens. Um, I challenge the listeners to write all the fanfic on Cooper and the holiday spectacular. Cooper! Now. <laughs> oh my God. What? If- Somebody needs to go back through our podcast and, and make a list of every single time a, a fanfic has been idea has been presented. I would love to know <laughs> what the list is. I mean, what would it like if he got to direct it? I mean, already made it star Wars. What would Cooper make it? Well, he, he would direct it and star in it. Well, of course. Obviously. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, anyway, getting back to the episode. <laughs> it would be directed by Michael Bay. <laughs> <laughs> there would be explosions. <laughs> and there would be a man in a dress who was dead. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. It could be a murder mystery. It would be a murder mystery Christmas spectacular. It would be like if Christmas came to Clue. You sound like you're pointing. <laughs> All right. Well, now on our, you know, let's create fanfic instead of do a podcast hour. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fine. What's the next thing that we have to talk seriously about? <laughs> All right. Taylor's necklace. Well, the, the fact that it throws me out of the scene that Kurt has a laptop. <laughs> He probably, like, ad-libbed that in, like, already didn't know, but Kurt can't stop watching. Doesn't doesn't later on Finn shows up dressed as a Jedi? We'll we'll get into that in a minute. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, no, um, because it's it's tied into um, what Rachel gives them as gifts, so it's it's part of the that's, script. That's true, but but still, like he he couldn't put away the the um, auction. He had to watch it. All right, so then we get the entrance of Rachel and Mercedes. <laughs> oh, these two. <laughs> Can I say first off that I absolutely adore their costuming? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because those dresses look amazing. Oh, they are. Yeah. And I love when Rachel notices the camera. Like, hello. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like I like I said before, that is exactly what Liza Minnelli does in the Judy Garland um Christmas special. You know that they made them watch that Where? special. <laughs> You gotta watch it. It's it, it was on YouTube last I looked. Like when I watched it, obviously. Um, but but I mean, Liza Minnelli is not a novice actress. She was I don't know. She was in her late teens or early twenties then. But she had been around, and she was a known. Had she known done cabaret? Figure. She done cabaret um, at the point. No, it's pre cabaret probably. Yeah, she was younger, um, and but but still, like she acted so awkward, and it was like it was an obvious air that she put on for it. Like it was, and and Rachel does that so well. And just so, I mean, Liza Minnelli is Judy Garland's daughter, isn't it? Isn't she? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. <clears throat> so anyway, um, Mercedes and Rachel bring presents. And they get Kurt a knockoff of the necklace that he was just bidding on. And then they get uh, Blaine a, a necktie with a little or a bow tie with a little it's a bow tie with little Christmas trees on it. <laughs> and a, a pair of striped capri pants, which he are, doesn't already own a pair. Yeah, he doesn't already <laughs> of, own of a pair. Candy cane. Not candy cane stripes, maybe another type of stripes. That makes me think of there was a picture somebody did like <laughs> intervention for Blaine where he had a bow tie with bow ties on it and like a cardigan <laughs> with little bow ties on it and like chinos with little bow ties all over. Is it is it wrong that in person I have seen uh, chinos with embroidered bow ties on them? Oh my gosh! I'm not surprised. I I have <laughs> in my. In my goings-on with uh, some very preppy crowds, I have seen chinos with embroidered bow ties on them. It is a thing that exists. <laughs> wow. Well, then. <laughs> if anybody's interested, you know. You're, you're from the South, right? Yes. I feel like that's a more <laughs> South thing. Oh, 100%. Like it is. The whole... It's yeah. in South where we can go Nantucket. I mean, it's very... Um, East Coast prep. Well, I I live in Boston now, and it's not really a Boston thing. Like Boston, like New England prep is more like wearing like the same thing every day, and and like till it's shabby, but it's like you know Brooks Brothers stuff. Okay. <laughs> well, I can I can. I can definitely give, I can but, definitely give you southern prep with that, and we can pair it with some um, 
Yeah, blinks and we can mix it with, you know, uh, some great uh, embroidered belts. Yeah. Fans of those. It's it's very um, uh, fraternity and sorority press, kind of. Which is... I wouldn't know. I live in the Midwest with all the rednecks, so... Oh, honey, we can get you into some seersucker. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> you laugh, but I love me some seersucker. I look great in seersucker. God. Anyway. Um, so we get uh, Mercedes and, and Rachel wanting to sing a song, and then they, the four of them sing uh, favorite things. And for the life of me, I don't know why the Sound of Music song is a Christmas song, but okay. Somebody can explain that to me. But it is. I mean, it's on the radio every Christmas. It's probably because these are my favorite things to get as gifts. I don't know. I don't. It. You know, probably the sound of it. It sounds vaguely light and twinkly and Christmassy. Raindrops and roses. It's been a long time since I've watched Sound of Music. I mean, there's nothing Christmas related to this, right? She's just singing about her favorite things. Right, and then the Nazis come in. So, I mean, <laughs> maybe it's because it plays at Christmas sometimes. I have I have no idea. I, I It's a mystery, but it still is a Christmas song. Like, yeah. And I really like this arrangement, the, the quartet, like, of these four people, the, these four voices. I think they did a good job with it. Yeah, I do, too. I think it's a... They... They play well off each other. Kurt and Rachel really play off each other. You can see why they stick Hummelberry together all the time. Yeah. And, um, but I when it's good, it's very very good. I'm just not a fan of the song. I'm sorry. I don't like the song, but I you know great performance. It's it's fantastic. I feel like if you were somebody who liked the song, you'd probably really like this one. I I think it's really really well done. So. A, a very timely piece for for having the like 1960s retro um, Christmas special. It's a good choice. True. Oh, and so they do have kind of a Lucy Ricky moment here at the end when um, they're like, Kurt forgot to put in the the turkey or whatever they're having for Christmas dinner, and he's like, "Oh boy." Yeah, I, I wrote in my notes that he gives a Lucille Ball look. Yep. Oh, me. Oh, me. And then I love, I'm sure this was commercial break when, because Blaine is like, after um, after these messages from our sponsors. And yeah, definitely, it was definitely commercial. Definitely commercial. I like that. I thought that was really cute. Yeah, it was. And then the, the comeback one. And then I said to Justin Timberlake, that's not eggnog. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I've loved a little, like, like we've said, this this season is heavily censored. Um, And all the Fox News was going, is is Glee too gay for TV? And all that shit was going on. And and they, like, throw that in. And then you have us. And then you have us on Tumblr going, well, it could be gayer. Yeah. Oh, God, it could be. Please. <laughs> we can fix this. We can make it gayer. I mean, I kind of feel like they were challenging us, and we really rose to the challenge. <laughs> oh, fan you. You won't let them hold hands? Damn it, we'll let them hold hands. <laughs> That's not the only thing they'll hold. 
Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then they talk about, like, they talk about climate change. Like, this is where Blaine says she is. Let me say, um, I got, because I have the quote up here, it's like, global change is no laughing matter. And first of all, yes, relevant. Thank you, Glee, for, for pointing out global climate change, because that is relevant and a real thing, people. It is real. Whatever. But anyway, Mercedes, and the way she delivers her line. I love it. <laughs> it is the end times. I think these are the end times. I think this episode is going to be called the one with the end times. <laughs> I think these are the end times. Oh, oh my gosh she's so serious too <laughs> I think these are the end times and everybody just... <laughs> oh man <laughs> when they come in when Finn and Buck come in and, and curse or I don't remember who it was but somebody's like oh we're so worried Tanta's not going to come with all the global with all the global warming and the end times and all. Well, speaking of Finn and Puck, probably yes. one of the crackiest, amazing things that they did with <laughs> Finn and, and Puck coming in as Luke Skywalker and Han Solo. Except for, it's not really. Because if they were, that would be copyright infringement. <laughs> and the <they, laughs> little lightsaber is there. Any, I, any, I think uh, that this, this whole thing was very, very well done. It was funny, and it was referential, and it was funny. And did and I there were, funny? Like, there are a bunch of, like, cracks on Glee. Like, the the whole uh, third wall, fourth wall breaks. Like, um, making fun of Blaine's outfits and, like, how... how he only has $800 and he creates this and like oh yeah well here's here's the direct line it's just Blaine says say are you guys dressed as Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and then Finn I love Finn oh my god no that's copyright infringement <laughs> and any resemblance to Star Wars characters is, is purely coincidental and Blaine's like oh okay as he waves the lightsaber around, I love it. I love how awkward Finn is too. I always imagine like the the behind the scenes of that, where like Artie's like, "Well, we have to do Star Wars," and this is probably a like a longer plot line about Star Wars in his in his original script. And then somebody brought up copyright infringement and like, "Oh, we're gonna get sued if we do this." Blah blah blah, and and like. And so there's like probably a whole like a whole plot line that goes behind the scenes there that I always imagine just from that one line. I'm surprised there isn't more fan fiction around this little spectacular. Maybe there is and I've just missed it, but it's all in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, here's that line you were referring to earlier. She's like, it's Rachel who's like, we were so concerned with climate change in the end times. <laughs> <laughs> the way she says it's like oh and climate change in the end times and all that <laughs> like. <laughs> they're so adorable and I you know and then we get into um, 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 Santa Claus is coming to town and it's it's such another fun number I, I think they're really I mean the, I like this the, I like the fact 
that they kind of bring in this kind of rock sound for this part of it. Because up until then, it's kind of very standardy, and now they're going to do like a, a real rock song, and it's fun, and I like it. Well, if you think about it, like they all get their own type of music. Well, maybe not Mercedes as much. Yeah, not Mercedes. She doesn't get like her big power power uh ballad is she a power ballad not really but like i know what you mean it's more she gets more kind of soul she gets some more belting and and runs and like all that stuff that that are her powerhouse songs so she didn't get that but like the rest of them like they they got they're not they're not broadway they're american uh standards so like um yeah, which are like Kurt and Blaine's and 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 Rachel's like go to kind of music, and and then like Finn and Puck, they they aren't the American standards really. They're the they're the rock. Well, and um, it's kind of cute. Blaine brings out a harmonica during this song and starts playing on the harmonica. Yeah, and the look that that Kurt gives him. No, he pulls it out of his his vest or his jacket. Well, doesn't Kurt give him a look like, "Hey, did you see that?" Well, yeah. There's. I thought you meant, did he give him the harmonica? I was like, no. Oh no no the look. I, yeah. <laughs> and pin pin. Gosh, Finn and Puck. <laughs> Are you a shipper? <laughs> Apparently now. <laughs> no, isn't better. their ship name Puck? I'm pretty sure that's what. If it's not, they missed a golden opportunity. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but I know I that the is. trio fucker. Um, but anyway, Puck is dancing on the the <laughs> fireplace. It's kind of funny. Yeah. And all right, so then we get in the Cheerios. I'm kind of sad. I'm I'm gonna give a shout out. There's another deleted scene before, and we will talk about the infamous box scene at the end. But um, there is another deleted scene from this. Um, of Santa Baby, and it's Santana and Finn going to a jewelry store so that Finn can pick up some uh, something for Rachel, and she sings Santa Baby, and she's kind of seasons like five and six Santa Santana, and um, she's just—I mean, it's a really good number. I'm sure that was also cut for time, and but it's—if you get a chance, it's still on YouTube. Go check it out. There's some really funny bits between Santana and Finn, and. Santana sounds really great on Santa Baby, so check that out. I've never heard of that. Like, yeah. interesting. I, I think it was supposed that. to be before the the thing, the before it, the special started. It's not actually from the special, but before that. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like out outside of this, but I have to say, like I told you, I was gonna say one of my favorite Christmas songs was coming up, and here it is. Here it is. Christmas Christ- rapping. Yeah. I don't know why I love this song so much. I just do. And, like, I love this performance. I love the way they dance. I love that Britney sings a song and, and how she sings a song. I love the song in general, and I love their costumes. And then they have the, the ribbons, and and I love that Tina's in it. I love that Mike is Santa, technically. Yeah. And comes to the Santa, and all the Cheerios <laughs> are the girl. Oh, yeah, this is such a fun performance. It really is. Yeah. I love this song. This is a great Christmas song too. I like. 
It, it doesn't sound like a Christmas song at all. It sounds like an 80s song because it, it is an 80s song. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> It's just like one of those like throwaway like early eighties pop music. Like just I love it. <laughs> wow. Good stuff. All my Christmas wishes came true. Kurt said. All except one, Lane says, and he winks at the camera. <laughs> That's because he's gonna get a Christmas hand job as soon as they finish filming. Wait, there's a um there's a gift that comes out every year with from and and I swear like when I see it I'm like yeah that's part of the episode and it's like, not it, and it's not I, I can't remember what they say but like yeah it's a mix match of actually a couple of moments um the Blaine uh, part of it is from this moment what I just joked about right here but the Kurt moment is actually from um Kurt and Rachel's moment is actually from Rory is going to come in and instead of reading Frosty the snowman, um, like he's supposed to, he's going to ring, read some Jesus related Bible thing. And well, he, he's doing the piece from Matthew that they do in, um, the, uh, Charlie, Charlie Brown's, Brown's Christmas. Christmas. Yep. Linus. He does the Linus. He does Linus. He does Linus. Yes. And, um, before, before they, he gets into it, He's like, I've changed the script. And that's when Kurt and Rachel are like, what is going on here? So somebody took those two gifs, paired them with Blaine's uh-huh gif. And it's something, like, really inappropriate, Clane-related. I don't remember what it is. Fantastic. Yeah, and then, like, I think it has Rory asking, like, something. And then... <laughs> something sexual. Yeah, like, are you guys going to do that or something? And... And Rachel and Kurt are aghast, and Blaine's like, uh-huh. <laughs> and I do, too. I forget that it's not in the actual episode every time I see yeah, it. Yeah, me, too, because, you know, there's all these, like, little little digs and, and innuendos and stuff in it that, like, it fits so well. Uh, and that's one of the things that please, I love about this episode. Please find it. I'll try. I, that's one of those things, like, I... I'm not, I don't have a lot of things saved, so I'm always really bad at finding myth, myths, memes, and gifs. That's, <laughs> we're just gonna, gonna smash it together. We're gonna call them myths. All the words together. <laughs> I'm not even drinking tonight. My God. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we get Rory as Itchy the Christmas Elf. <laughs> oh, man. I, I get Christmas. It's, Obviously a religious holiday, but, like, to bring actual, like, Bible verses into it when, like, what, uh, Rachel's Jewish, Puck is Jewish, Artie has a Jewish name, so I always assumed he was Jewish, and his mom is played by a Jewish actress. Um, Kurt's atheist. Uh, Kurt is atheist. Uh, Tina is half Jewish. Um so, like, and their reactions during it, like, they looked moved. Like, Puck looks moved. And he's, like, he was, like, totally hardcore Jewish in the first two seasons. So, like, it it kind of bugs me that they, they put it in and it, they don't, like, add a Hanukkah song or something, like, to their I mean, pretty I, much I think, I think it's just because it's, it's doing Linus is is the joke 
Yeah. They're not actually pulling they're not actually pulling religion. They're they're pulling Linus, which is which is totally the religious story of the holiday. But I think that that has a cultural connotation because people grew up hearing that and that's that's the bit that they're playing. Right. And I don't think there was any other way. Charlie Brown Christmas has got to be one of the most infamous Christmas specials ever done. And um Coming as someone, I'm an atheist, but I'm not particularly like, you know, like, it's a little sappy to me, but I don't think it, I'm not like offended by it or anything. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, I do think yeah, it's a I, little I, too saccharine, saccharine for. Offensive. It's just like, I wish I, the. Glee pulled the the Jewish card at weird points. Like, well, they, Glee was never great at continuity. I mean, they never had one idea that they stuck with the entire time. Yes, they really did. They had strength. one. There had to be twelve people in that Glee club, or you know, it would not. <laughs> the show would not go on. So they had one. <laughs> that was the hill they were going to die on. That and Kurt's <laughs> birthday. Oh my god, whatever. I just worked that out this morning. I was like, what the frick? Okay, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, continuity uh, is not their strong point. And so I feel like I I got very angry while it was on that they would forget that they had done X or this character believed Y or we really should be going with Z and looking back on it as a whole, it's kind of like a grab bag of whatever um they they didn't really stick with anything i mean we're lucky that they kept the names that they gave the characters and it, it's true that, like for hanukkah songs there's only about two or three non non like blessing songs there's only like dreidel 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 i made it out of clay the hanukkah hanukkah the um puck and jake sing and um, there's a third one that <laughs> I forgot. Is it sad that the only one I can think of is Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song? Well, then there's those, yeah. <laughs> like, that's like, literally what I can think of, which is not great. I mean, the song is hilarious, but, you know. You know what I mean. Oh, there's this, this one, like, dreidel, 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 turn, yeah. turn, turn, candle, 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 burn, burn, burn. Oh, I, I don't know that one. I just remember these from like chorus when I was a kid. There's, I think um, I, I just I watched an episode of the Goldbergs, and yeah. they had that where they were in a chorus and singing like all oh, Christmas. Really now, now I have the the Judah Maccabee rap in my head where he fights dinosaurs. Because <laughs> that's because that's in that episode where they like do the whole Run DMC thing, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Judah Maccabee fights a dinosaur. So, so. <laughs> so they're definitely limited by that, but like, I don't know, like, half and they write the best Monica song ever, but it's to the tune of Happy quick. Birthday. I know, isn't that funny? Yeah. Well, anyway, um, Happy Birthday is in the public domain now. Woo! <laughs> the song, you could sing it now. Like, yeah. I was going to say, I was wrong earlier. Is The GIF is um, from the same moment because they were going to say, uh, 
uh, Rory's changing his mind, and Kurt looks aghast, but in the same frame is Blaine going, uh-huh. But it looks like it does. It totally looks like something really suggestive just happened, and Kurt's aghast, and, and Blaine's like, mm-hmm. It's really funny. Why is it about Rory in the context? Jeez. But anyway. But, well, no, because it, it's so it, immemorable it, that they have Rory to do something sexual. Uh, okay, uh, sorry, one at a time. <laughs> in, in the gift that I'm remembering, it's Rory asks something, and then... Yeah. Yeah, and Blaine is like, uh-huh. I just thought, I thought Blaine and Kurt were two different gifs, and they're not. It's the same one, because it's the same shot. That's all. Um, okay, so he reads them a nice little poem, and it's... I, Cute and sweet and very Linus-y, and that's how we end our Christmas special, like, on this bittersweet-ish note. And, I mean, because the whole point was, like, um, a whole plot line that we're actually not really talking about, and we will a little bit, because there's a little bit at the end, but um, is Sam, um, who has just come back from being homeless, uh, wants to go help the homeless children pursue, and thinks it's very materialistic that these guys are doing the special instead of helping kids. So he and Quinn go off and do that. And that's already, I'm not already, um, Rory is going off script to kind of appease that thought process. And we end the special, not on a cracky note, but on this very sentimental, you know, Charlie Brown Christmas thing. And everybody is like, Oh, how sweet. Aw, shucks. So, I, I get it. It's sweet. I, and, and it's nice. Um, hmm. I kind of miss... I, it feels anticlimactic. I hate to say that. But... Well, this song, the song they sing is so inappropriate. Oh, no, no. I just meant at the end of the special. Don't. I'm just talking about the end oh. of the special. Yeah. Just the Rory stuff. The end of the actual spectacular is um, yeah. kind of anticlimactic. Um, they had to end early anyway because the network finally got the rights to the Yule Log thing and they were replaced, so. <laughs> I love they were replaced by the Yule Log. Hey, the Yule Log is very popular. You know what confused me? Okay, so when I started working at my bookstore and I, I work in the movie department and we had, I just, it blew my mind. I did not know this was a thing. We had, we have DVDs of Yule Logs and I'm like, what yeah. is this? I'm like, people put this on their TVs, and one of my coworkers, like, coworker, had to explain it to me, and I, I, I was like, okay, why wouldn't you just like pull up your computer and have a GIF of it or something? I it just okay, or just put on Christmas music. Why do you need to watch a log burning while this happens? I don't know. Are you kidding? One of my favorite things this year was that Hallmark put on a Yule log that also had puppies and kitties frolicking. <laughs> It was yeah, amazing. Several different versions. Like several. Yeah. But it, the, the puppies and kitties made it for me this year. I mean, that was that was a pretty solid choice. And might have had it up uh while uh my family was doing its thing. Uh because it also had Christmas music and had puppies and kitties and a roaring fire and there was no snow on the East Coast and in DC this year, so it sucked. But whatever. I don't think we had snow either. Oh yeah, we it was on the ground, but 
it's been a very warm couple of Christmases because of global warming and the end times. Yes. So. Well. All right. So we get into the end of the episode and um, we have the sequence where they all go help the little kids, give them food. It's very sweet and heartwarming. Um, they sing, do you, do you know it's Christmas? Which, yes, it was very controversial because, uh, do you guys know the story behind this song? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if you just listen to the world, words, it's like, it's so depressing outside. Thank God it's them instead of you. Yeah. It's also super condescending. Yeah. Do <laughs> super they know, condescending. Do they know it's Christmas in Africa? Oh, my gosh. It, it is. I'm kind of surprised Glee decided to go with this one, but it's Glee. It's a very popular song, and so that does not surprise me that Glee would do it in the least. Glee also reveled in blurred lines later on. That's true, it did. They did awesome blurred lines, like, whatever it's, like, I I stand by blurred lines. I, I like that performance, and the twerking that that led to it we'll, we'll have to argue about it later because it is so inappropriate to sing a song like that to minors as you twerk down the hall it just it's it, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but sometimes you have to be like it's a tv show <laughs> well no i mean yeah that's yeah <laughs> i'm not like being really offended so, about sometimes it sometimes i'm up in arms but sometimes i'm like it's a tv show <laughs> So anyway, um, there's not really much to talk about here. As I mean, Kurt and Blaine get a couple of lines together, and it's cute, and it's cute. So, um, and then that's kind of the actual episode um, because we get more Finchel, and we get more Finchel going to help the Salvation Army with Rory and Sam, and it, it was very. I, I do remember because this was on the. I was first starting to become on the fringes of fandom at the time that people were a little bit um a little bit disappointed and the reason for that as i segue um was the fact that there was a promo still that had been released of kurt and blaine and a box (laughs) and we wanted to know what that box was so, um, desperately, we wanted to know what it was desperately. I mean, I kind of feel like it needs the qualifier on it. Oh, yeah. Not in fandom, I feel like I, I lost out not being a part of this. Well, it was, cr- it drove fandom crazy. Oh, yeah. It didn't help that the curtain plane looked gorgeous in this still. I mean, they were just, just, uh, yeah. you know. His, his outfit in the scene is Kurt's. And, and Blaine's, but, like, Kurt, they look wonderful. So, the, there is a, a, um, there was a project called the Black Scene Project, and these couple of fans got together, got everybody in clean fandom to join in, and they were able to get the script to Very, very Extraordinary Merry Christmas. And it was called the Black Scene Project. That foundation is no longer the boxing project i as um i went to go look for them for something else the the other day um they are now a i believe lgbt community um community uh, fundraiser uh, project group now but um their roots are in glee and they would raise money not only after they did the boxing they would go and they would get other scripts and raise money for charity and you know i'm gonna say a lot of people 
complained about cleaners, and yes, there are a lot of bad things that were out there, but I think this is one of the more admirable things that fandom has done um, to raise quite a bit of money uh, for charities um, and just to get these, like, three or four pieces of paper, so... Um, so we get the box scene, which I'm sure by now we've all seen and all read. Um, it was kind of funny that after, um, after we raised all of that money, Ryan Murphy released the deleted scene on YouTube and, <laughs> and it wasn't long after. And we were all like, really? <laughs> well, it was like a way to go. You guys, I'm going to give you this. Or maybe it was just him. Pre-breakup, the reason he gave it to us, he gave it to us before the breakup. So it was kind of like, it was before season four started, and he's like, well, you guys have heard some things, so here's a really pretty scene for you. Wow. Yeah, so. So, let's... But it is a really pretty scene. It is. And there's a lot of really cool things in it. I think that it's it's just really interesting to put the scene back into the clay narrative. <clears throat> So I, I have a list of things that we can talk about, um, which I know it's kind of crazy to spend this much on one scene, but we're going to because I have a list. Um, the first thing um, that I noticed, and this is totally my headcanon, and you guys can totally weigh in if you think I'm wrong on this. Christmas is, makes Kurt melancholy. And even though, I mean, part of it's the auction, but he is in season four as well. And there's been the theory thrown out there that Kurt's mom might have passed away around the holidays. Either that or just, like, <laughs> holidays are hard when you have lost somebody. Yeah. I, I was saying, like, even if he hadn't lost his mom at Christmas, like, always Christmas times or holidays in general where you have good memories of somebody, um, you lose them. It's, it's a hard time. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Because um, I think he went into that, like, yeah, he. W I think he went into that in season four Christmas a little bit. And, like, the memories of his mom and, and how Christmas was hard without her when he was younger. Or maybe I'm just remembering wrong. That's, you're exactly right. Yep. Um, my second point is about... Um, uh, it's a speculation as to one reason this scene probably might have gotten cut, uh, which is Kurt talking about porn, even if it's about auction porn. <laughs> but, you know, he, he and it is an interesting thing for Kurt, uh, but he's talking about porn. He's talking about tur being turned on. He's talking about things being hot. And, I mean, yeah, it's, it's about fashion, but at the same time, this is, I mean, really around the first time, Kurt, Kurt is really relaxed about sex. It, or not sex, but like just what turns him on, what is like, you know, whatever. And he, and like when we talked about, when we went and talked about the first time, he was still kind of nervous about saying things like porn and sex and being turned on and whatever. And this is definitely a change from that. There, there's that, or there, there's a couple different things that it could have been. It could have been like that he presented him with a ring and um, Kurt said, yes, yes, please, I'll marry you. And this was, like, early, not early on in, in marriage equality, but, like, this was before New York, even. And, like, before, like, I think there were just, like, a handful of states where uh, marriage equality existed. 
Um, um, so that that's another reason because it was a very hot topic, hot button. I mean, it still is a very hot button issue in trying to protect it from people who want to take it away. But, um, but at the time, like a lot of like, it, it was still a controversial issue to talk about, um, same-sex marriage at all and even to allude to it and to to tie that in together um i'm guessing this scene probably was a little too gay all around <laughs> but probably. yeah um yeah and there's another thing i noticed like i i don't some, sometimes like they uh Kurt mentions rulada.com. Yeah, rulada. I was just going to mention yeah. Kurt's um, crazy. We, we learn about where where Kurt gets all of his crazy outfits and the money to get them. He, he finds bargains. Yeah, I was wondering like, if that, like, censors who don't want to say, oh, no, it's too gay, we'll, we'll cut it. They they use an, other excuses. And, like, if, if that was it, like, well, they're not our sponsors and like, we don't want to No, Cause they'll usually change. A lot. I mean, that's not usually it. glee. Ha- How do I, sorry. I'm like five different thoughts at all at once. You can do that kind of thing. Um, and yeah. it, I, I don't think that's much of a problem. Like what if they had that line, like rulala.com, like, because they were a sponsor and then they pulled out or something. And so they wanted to cut it or like, but I, but I know that they can also change it. Like, yeah, they can always edit that particular line out. That would have, wouldn't have. Yeah, exactly. So, so, I mean, that, that's just one thing that came like possibility of why came to mind, but it's not very credible. Um, there's also Blaine said, mentions that they've taken their relationship to a new level and it kind of acknowledges the fact that they have had sex. And this is the first time since the first time episode that we get any indication that these two have been sleeping together. And, um, I mean, we didn't get the scene until after the fact. So the next time we get it, uh, even though the scene is technically now canon because of this, this season ender or the series ender, um, we didn't get anything till dance with somebody. So, um, in the, in this big, long stretch of episodes, it was, it was going to be a reminder of where the clean relationship was and they cut that. And that's kind of unfortunate. Um, the thing that I always like to mention is it is definitely Brian Murphy always was going to write a gay marriage storyline. He seemed very adamant about that topic. It's more so as the years went by, um, but this, as you were saying before, this is definitely a nod to that issue, even if it was just a promise ring. But the fact that marriage was always something that Kurt and Blaine were talking about, and um, they're on the table, I guess you could say. So, and then we get into Blaine's speech, and, and his really very yeah. sweet speech. Uh, he's like, and Kurt's like, what are you promising? And Blaine says, to always love you, to defend you even if I know you're wrong, to surprise you, to pick up your call no matter what I'm doing, to bake you cookies at least twice a year, and to kiss you wherever and whenever you want, mostly to make sure that you always remember how perfectly imperfect you are. So sweet. It's a very sweet speech. Very much is. 
But it's, it's also very Blaine. It's a very Blaine yeah. thing to say. Yeah, and I think that's like we we get that more and more, like um how how like head over heels he falls when he falls. Like he was reticent in, in season two, but once he did he he's not scared to serenade his boyfriend in front of the entire school. Um, and Arby, weren't you the one that made the comment that what was that about the Ted Mosby? I'm ready to say I love you on a first date comment. Oh, yeah. Was that you? Yeah, he's he's 100. He's Ted Mosby. I mean, he's the one who would, you know, just blurt out I. I love you. And it's like, I've known you for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. But, but Blaine takes a while to get there. Like, I mean, that's why he's bad with romance because he knows he's gonna like fall in head over heels once he allows himself to. Like it's, it's all or nothing for him. Like, and I think he's, that's just the beginning of him really trying to hold on to Kurt. He, he's a junior. He knows that, you know, starting next year, things are going to start to slowly change. And and right after this is when they start to kind of slowly change. And it, Blaine is kind of holding on to that. And, yeah. So it is one of, it's like the last stop before what I should call the breakup watch, where we start getting, like, little cracks and little things and, um. It, it's the last stop on this yeah. really sweet, clean narrative. I'm sad for Blaine in the second half of season three, but it makes for such good plot and and character growth. Mm. Well, and, and yeah, Kurt here too. He, I mean, he's just so, you know, Kurt's going to have reservations about actually getting married, but the idea of spending the rest of his life with Blaine is already there. I mean, because yeah. his, his line is, if, if that's an engagement ring, then I, it's yes. You know, there's no qualms about that. And it's not until it really sets in, okay, what is marriage? What is this real thing? You know, are we too young? What's going on? I'm not doing this at the pace I want to, that it really starts to fester at him. But the idea mm-hmm. of living with Blaine the rest of yeah. his life is, is... Yeah, like, um, in later on when we have Finchel marriage and, and Rachel talks to, to Kurt and Kurt's like, oh, you're too young, and blah, 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 like, all the rational arguments. But then um, Rachel asks, well, if Blaine asked you to marry him, wouldn't, wouldn't he? and he's like, I'm not going to answer that. And, you know, that could have been another reason why the scene got cut, because if you have this scene in canon at that point, it would take away a lot of the uncertainty that they built into Kurt. Right. You know, it. It, it because people would be like, well, you know, this happened. Why is he doing this waffling thing? And then they'd have to explain things which they don't like to do or are good at. Um, and so cutting it, even though I think that 90% yeah. of it was it was too gay, but I think that a solid 10% of it was, yeah, but like we this, this about, leaves them with the flexibility to say that, you know, oh, I don't we know. We doesn't really care about continuity. So. This is true. This is true. I will, you know what I'm going to say, just to make a, um, just to play devil's advocate, I think that Galeen knew what its long game was. I think that they knew that how the show was going to end. I think they knew Finchel was going to end up together. I think they knew that Kurt and Blaine were yeah. going to do a gay marriage thing. 
But I think that's uh, they didn't have the details from how they got Glee, from A to B. Glee, know, Glee knows the forest, but it doesn't know the trees. Right. So it knows that you know when you take a, a take a big step back, you're going to see X plot. But put it down in the weeds about how to get there, and I don't think they really cared how they were going to get from point A to point B. It was like, eh, just write something and it'll get us close to it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think that's how they wrote all the time. So, so, so um, yeah, I think this, this particular scene is fascinating in a, it fits into the clay narrative really interestingly. And there's a lot of, I mean, like my, in my meta, I pull out the, the 10 points and we went through pretty much everything. Um, and I, I do understand. I mean, I, I think it's unfortunate they cut it. I do see some actual reasonable things as to why they cut it for the like, the, but uh, yeah, ultimately they, they said it was for time. I'm hard pressed to believe that. So oh. um, I can see that there were a few narrative reasons why they would cut it, but ultimately it's, it was probably, I mean, time a little bit. I mean, this scene doesn't really connect to anything else in the story, but also, um, yeah, it's probably the censors too. So, unless you, there's anything else, uh, we have reached the end of our Christmas spectacular. Only, only to add that they should have done a. Uh, so it, if it, and I'll I'll link it when this gets posted. But for people who never saw when um, the latest Star Wars movie came out, um, Jimmy Fallon did a did a thing with all of the actors doing the ba 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 and I kind of wish that Glee had done something like that to go with the uh, Christmas spectacular. I'm really sad they didn't do that at, at any point for anything. I know, right? You just oh, made me sad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that wasn't the point. I'm kidding. Yeah. So. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, I want to thank you guys for being on and talking about our spectacular Christmas. Um, next week, join us for when we talk about... And kudos to Matthew Morrison for a great directing. Oh, yeah. Give what? a shout out to Matthew yeah, Morrison for, for directing there. And um, <laughs> uh, join us next Sunday night when we talk about Yes, No, and Michael. And have a good night. Okay.